Hello, good evening. Today is May 10th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is step 11 into action. And our speaker tonight is, oh my God, I've said your name five times and now I just completely panicked. Alana, thank you. Welcome and please start. Hi, everyone. I'm Alana, compulsive overeater, recovered for today. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so thrilled to be here to share my story, my experience, strength, and hope, and to talk about step 11. It's my favorite step. So when I was asked to talk about step 11, I, I couldn't say no. I'm thrilled. So I'll talk a little bit about my experience with the disease and what brought me to program. Um, and then I want to dive right into 11 because I, I could talk about it all night. Uh, so, you know, looking back at, well, actually, pause. Before I start, I want to take a second to just take a breath because I can just roll right into things. So just to pause and to invite my higher power in to inspire me, to be with me and guide me and help me be of service. Help me say something that somebody might need to hear. So thy will not mind be done. Okay. Now I can launch into things. Um, when I look back on my childhood, uh, I think I've had this disease since I was born, you know, I had, I'm, I'm blessed to have had a wonderful family, a wonderful upbringing. There was nothing in my, in my early years, nothing in my life that would have suggested um, that I would have had food addiction, except that I've just always loved food and I've never been able to get enough. My mom likes to joke when I was a baby, she couldn't get me on a proper regimented feeding schedule because I wanted to eat when I wanted to. So I would cry and demand my bottle and she couldn't, she had to give it to me because I was, I would just be miserable until she gave me the bottle. So I, it, I've always been this way with food. Um, you know, when I look back as a kid, I remember I used to just eat so much at dinner. And then after dinner, I'd have snacks and, uh, I'd go to bed and just feel, feel sick. And I used to have heartburn like in elementary school. And I, I don't remember other elementary school kids, like none of my friends have heartburn. So that's what kind of started me realizing that I was maybe a little bit different with the food. Um, and I remember when I came to program and started working steps, I got this vivid memory came back to me of being at a friend's house and we were playing video games and his mom made us this, this snack, brought it down to us in a bowl. And I just chowed into it. I was just stuffing fistfuls of this stuff in my mouth. And I looked over and he was just eating one piece at a time and playing the video game and then went back and was eating one piece at a time. And I thought, huh, what a novel way to eat this food item. Let me give this a whirl. And I tried and you know, I couldn't, I, I lasted maybe a couple pieces. And then I just, I went back to shoving fistfuls. And do you think I could focus on the video game and focus on being there? No way. So that, you know, was my early formative years with this disease. And then as I became a teenager and into my twenties, it really sunk its claws in. There's body image issues. You know, I was always a little bit bigger than all of my friends. Um, but I was, even though I was a healthy body weight, I, my dysmorphia, I just thought I was, I thought I was huge. And so it turned into control. It turned into exercise, um, diet. I lost a little bit of weight in middle school. And then, you know, I got all the positive reinforcement that comes around that. And so that just drove me even further. Um, and then when I was in high school, I started to see how I was using food to soothe and to uh, calm my stress. I remember during exams, I would be studying at the kitchen table and I would be just going from the cupboard back to my textbook and then filling up on snacks back to my textbook. I don't know how I got any studying done because I was just eating the whole time. 
And so that kind of carried through into my twenties. Uh, but I was active. And when I was in college, I was living on res. I didn't have a car. So I was running and walking. And I, even though I was binging the period of the periods of control were pretty well spaced out. So I wasn't seeing the weight gain. Uh, but then in my early twenties, I met the love of my life. And I started, you know, working on my career, I graduated. And so I didn't have as much time for that exercise. And I was getting kind of comfortable in my life and, and life pressures were mounting as well. So what did I turn to? I, I turned to food and the weight just started piling on. So by the time I came to program in my early thirties, I was carrying excess of 80 pounds of weight. And at that point, I was just demoralized. You know, I tried everything. I tried the pay-in ways. I tried counting calories. And it got to a point where nothing was working. Um, you know, I was binging all the time. Um, so when I came to program, I just, I was emotionally empty. I was in a really dark place, spiritually empty. Although I didn't realize that was a factor at the time. I had no idea that my spirituality played such a big role in this disease. I didn't even know I had a disease. Um, and I was just, yeah, in this binge cycle every night, I would eat myself sick, go to bed, just feeling so ill, wake up the next morning, feeling groggy, having a food hangover, swear that was it. Now I'm not doing this to myself again. This is insanity. I'm not doing it. And, you know, maybe if I was lucky, I would be without a binge for a day or two. Um, but then I would be right back at it again. No clue what was wrong with me. Couldn't explain it. Um, so yeah, I came to program and I started to understand, like, I always thought I didn't have enough willpower or maybe I didn't want to be thin bad enough. Like maybe there's something defective with me. And I started to get to this point where it's like, well, this is just how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. You know, um, the childhood asthma that I had had come back. It was like, it was roaring. I couldn't even go for a walk around, uh, the lake nearby without taking my inhaler. Um, but when I started to come to meetings, I learned that I have a disease. It's a physical allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And it's this spiritual malady that no amount of moderation, no amount of counting calories or counting points is going to fix. And I was so relieved to hear that. Like, it's not my fault that whatever is wrong with me is actually legitimate. Um, so there was a lot of relief in that. And you know, I learned that I had a problem with living, not with food. I was using food as the solution. So ever since I was a teenager studying for my exams at the kitchen table, using food as, to calm my stress, like I didn't need to develop coping mechanisms or like adjusted coping mechanisms because I had the food, I was numbing out. So in the rooms, I heard that the only way for me to live my best life in a healthy body is to work the steps and maintain my abstinence. But because I'm powerless over food, the only way I can do that is to connect to a power greater than myself. You know, at the time, I just, I couldn't show up for anybody. I was so sick from the binging. I couldn't show up in my daily life. I couldn't show up for my friends. I couldn't show up for my partner. I couldn't do chores. So, you know, the big book talks about this psychic change that we have to have. How the heck am I, who sometimes can't even get my hair cut, take care of myself, let alone take care of my partner. How am I going to have this psychic change that's going to bring about this like revolution in how I look at the world and how I behave and how I interact with others, because that's what I need here to overcome this disease. Uh, and I learned that I can't do it alone, like surprise. Um, but with a higher power, I can. 
and with my fellows, I can. Like you hear it all the time. If if I could have done this on my own, I would have done it already. So I can't, I can't do it on my own. So learning all this, I got a sponsor really quickly. I was desperate to get out of that darkness, out of the self-loathing. I was desperate to just have a different way of living because this can't, this can't be life. Like I can't keep this up. Um, so I was willing to do whatever my sponsor said to you, you know. I had uh, the gift of desperation and I was willing to go to any length to, uh, to, to recover from this disease. So she said, okay, stop eating your binge foods. Done, no problem, let's put them down. You know, read your literature and send in assignments, bring it on, we got this. Uh, and I learned that I need to do the steps like my hair is on fire with urgency. This is a deadly disease. You know, I used to think, oh, like that's, that's a little dramatic, a deadly disease, but like, come on, I was 80 pounds overweight, pretty sure I was knocking on the door to diabetes. My asthma was back. I was socially dead. I, I didn't have a social life. I didn't want to see my friends. Um, so it, it, I was, I was like a zombie, you know, just going through the motions barely. Um, so either this disease is in handcuffs or it's getting worse. And, and I got to work those steps. I put the food down to, uh, take care of the physical craving that, uh, phenomenon of craving, but I got to work the steps because I'm still going to have this obsession of mind. So, uh, I, I worked the steps. I didn't want to do those big action steps, you know, the inventory and share it with somebody and, you know, to, uh, to make my amends like that, that's scary. No, thank you. Um, but I, I didn't, what choice did I have? I, I was willing, I didn't want to, but I was, willing. And, and there's such a big difference. Right. And so by the grace of God and with the help from my sponsor and just being plugged into this program and going to meetings and doing outreach calls and just putting one foot in front of the other one day at a time, the insanity was lifted. I haven't binged in over a year. I'm free from those obsessive food thoughts. You know, I don't live my life caged in this, this constant ping pong game of what am I going to eat? I want to eat this, but I know I shouldn't. Well, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to eat it anyway. And then the guilt after, oh, I shouldn't have eaten this. Why did I do this? Well, I did this thing. I might as well keep doing it anyway. Like total insanity or what size are my jeans? What do I look like? What do I not look like? That's where I was. So, you know, when they say uh, compulsive overeaters were selfish, that's part of the root of our disease. Like I never thought of myself as a selfish person, but I was always thinking about me. What size am I? What do people think of me? Do people like me? Like, I mean, I still struggle with some of that. I've got my character defects, but when it comes to the body image and the food, I've been released from that. And I've lost about 80 pounds. You know, I can, not only can I walk around the lake, I've actually taken up running. So this program is a miracle and I'm so grateful. And so now I live in steps 10, 11, and 12. And every day I have to work these steps because it's my medicine, right? I, uh, I once heard somebody say that we have this disease and it's like diabetes. It's like anything else. But my medicine is a relationship with God. How lucky am I that my medicine for my disease is a relationship with my higher power and connection with beautiful people and wonderful friends that I've made in this program. So I'm just looking already 10 minutes have flown by. So I want to jump into step 11 because it, for me, it's the foundation of my program that I work every day. So step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So on page 85 and 86 of the big book, it says, 
Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better people than us are using it constantly. So when I came to program, I had no spirituality. I didn't have a relationship with God or a higher power. So I just wanted somebody to tell me like how much to eat, what I should eat, what exercises I should do. And I'll be on my merry way. So when my sponsor told me to pray, I thought, whoa, this is far out. But again, that willingness, right? Like I need to put down any um, barriers that I have. So I, I started, I just started with the surrender prayer. Uh, and then early on in my practice, I had this intuitive thought come to me. And this, this wasn't my idea. This didn't come from Alana. Uh, and it was, you know, I need to think about prayer kind of like I'm tuning my spiritual radio and I have to tune it into the right frequency. Um, and that visualization really helped me. I got to get my, my radio waves synced into whatever this higher power is. And that's what my prayer is. And, and that enabled me to get past that barrier um, and just get started and kind of work with the foundation of prayer. And then I learned that prayer doesn't have to be this big formal thing. I know a lot of people like to get on their knees and pray, but that never really worked for me. But I learned that it can be as simple as thank you, higher power, practicing gratitude, or help me, or thy will not mine be done. And so slowly but surely, I started to get comfortable with prayer. Um, and so when the big book is talking about step 11, there's three sort of distinct pieces. Uh, there's your evening review, there's a morning meditation, and then connection throughout the day. So on page 86, the big book says, when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. And it gives us a series of questions to reflect on. You know, where was I selfish, resentful, dishonest, and afraid? Do I want an apology? What did I do well? So I have all of these in a little Google Doc on my phone. And every night, I just answer these questions in my Google Doc. Um, and I have a buddy that I share my inventory with. And, and I find that practice so helpful because when I, it keeps me plugged into the fellowship. I'm going to be connecting at least with one person every day. Um, and when she sends me back her inventory to see somebody else's perspective and how they face their life challenges and what they do with their character defects, it's really helpful. Um, and then as I, my practice has evolved, I've added a few questions. You know, I like to look at some of my character defects, like did I engage in drama today? Um, one that I've just added is, where was my higher power working in my life today? Because I find when I'm in the day-to-day, -day, the hustle and bustle, um, I can get so, I forget that my higher power is actively working in my life. Like my higher power is my boss. So I like to bring it back uh, in my nightly review. I also do gratitudes uh, in the evening and I share that with another fellow. Um, and, and again, just being tapped in with other fellows is extremely useful and it keeps me honest. I can't skip my practice because other people are waiting for me to send through my inventories. Uh, and then the morning, so the big book suggests meditation. It says we reflect on the 24 hours ahead, asking our higher power to direct our thinking so that it's free from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So when I started my morning practice, um, I would read upon awakening. Uh, on pages 86 to 88. I would That's say the gentle reminder, five minutes. Thank you, Coco. Uh, I would say the serenity prayer and do a few minutes of guided meditation. But as I've grown more comfortable in my practice, it's evolved. So now when I open my eyes, I just start talking to my higher power and I kind of weave elements upon, of, upon awakening in with conversation. 
Um, and it's funny, like I've programmed my brain to do this so much that sometimes if I wake up in the middle of the night, I think, oh, it's morning. And I just start talking to my higher power. Uh, and then I'll look at the clock and it's like three o'clock in the morning. And I'll be like, oh, okay, you know what, higher power? I'm going to hit you in a few hours. I'm going to come back. <laughs> uh, so that's the, I love, I love my morning routines. And so I pray and then I get up and I do some meditation. So I think of prayer as like dialoguing with higher power. I'm seeking direction. And then my meditation is taking some time to listen. Um, and, you know, sometimes I want to just hear higher power as a voice in my head, you know, just tell me what to do, tell me what to say. Um, but oftentimes it's this warm kind of feeling in my chest. It's hearing a bird sing. It's, um, it's an intuitive thought or decision, a, a visualization. Uh, so that, I, I love meditation. It's so helpful. And it, it reminds me to come back to this present moment. And then I have a few minutes left. I'm going to quickly power through how I keep my contact with higher power throughout the day, because that's one of the biggest pieces for me for step 11. Um, you know, the, high, the book says, uh, as we go through the day, we pause when we're agitated or doubtful. We remind ourselves we're no longer running the show. And when we have a problem, you know, we seek our higher powers direction. Um, so in order to do that, I have to be aware of myself and my thoughts and my emotions as I go through the day. And I find meditation is really helpful with that um, because I always try and check in with my breath. How am I feeling? Um, you know, what am I thinking? And that way I can actually be aware of the disturbances in order to connect with my higher power. You know, I've heard about the three A's. It's action, no, it's um, awareness, acceptance, and action. And so if I can be aware of the things that come up and hold space for them because I am an addict and I have character defects. So naturally these things are going to come up. Um, and then I can take action and maybe do a step 10 or, you know, just reach out to a fellow or say one of those simple prayers, God help me. Uh, I need help. And so that's what I try and do to just stay present in the moment, because this is where my higher power is. And when I'm in my character defects in the future, or I'm in the past, that's what blocks me from the sunlight of the spirit. Higher power is here and now. So meditation really helps me come back to that. Um, and then just trying to keep in touch with higher power. So I try to use transition times um, as, as perfect opportunities to connect. So, you know, when I'm getting in the car in the morning to go to work, I say, all right, higher power, like help me be a patient, loving and tolerant driver today. Like, let's rock this. Um, when I get, you know, into the office, it's like, okay, help me leave my ego at the door today. Work is about service. Um, what can I do to serve you and my colleagues? and help me to be patient and kind and tolerant. Uh, when I go into meetings, you know, same thing, help me be of service, help me to not like zone out, help me to be fully present so that I can be of service to my colleagues. And, and I carry that with me throughout the day. I find it really helpful to check in before meals um, because, you know, I, I measure and I weigh, but if I have a portion on my plate, I still wanna eat the whole thing, even when I'm full. Um, so I ask my higher power, even as I'm eating, you know, like, please help me recognize when I'm feeling full and stop, be willing to stop eating when I get to that point. Um, so these little points of connection throughout the day just help keep me grounded. Um, and then affirmations and visualizations too. The last thing I'll say is, you know, part of step 11 is keeping that connection with my higher power. And for me, it's so that I can keep surrendering and letting go of control. So mantras are, are really, I use those a lot. But this new visualization came to me recently. 
and because I have control issues, like surprise, it's scary for me to let go of control. I want to run the show. So I started seeing my higher power, like on a basketball court and I can see her standing there and she's saying, I'm open, I'm open. So I've got my basketball. And sometimes I like pretend I write with the Sharpie what the problem is or what my fear is. I say, okay, I'm, you know, tossing it over to you, higher power. And once it's literally in your court, it's your play. And I have to let that ball go. And, you know, I might not love what the play is, but it's up to my higher power. And I have to trust and I have faith that um, the play is, it, it's in my highest good. So yeah, I'm, I'm out of time, but all of these practices really keep me balanced. They keep me grounded in, in the program. And every day, you know, just working with my higher power and building more and more of that relationship. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for the chance to share. That was awesome. I, I, I can't stop. I was writing so many things. I'm obsessed with the basketball metaphor. I, I love that. I will be using that. Anyway, thank you so much for your share. And I think I pronounced your name wrong. Oh. Alana. It's like banana. Alana. So Anne, Alana. Okay. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and stepping study this week. We ask you to accept this guide in, this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answers. Um, okay, I will look for hands up to share or ask questions and we will start with Lindsay. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi guys, I'm Lindsay, I'm a compulsive overeater and thank you so much, Alana. So well put and beautifully said. Um, and thank you for everyone doing service tonight. This is my first time um, at the speaker portion of the meeting. I've been on a, here on a Thursday, but I love this format, format so I'm glad to be here. Um, so, you know, I've come to realize like the most important part of my step 11, like the most important word in step 11 for me is improve, right? So I'm improving my conscious contact with God on a daily basis. And what step 11 in the big book directs me to do is what to do at night, what to do in the morning, when, what to, what actions to do when I'm facing indecision and, you know, what to do. There's more direction, but I can't think of more, but you know, what to do throughout my day. Right. Um, and that's the thing, like I'm maladjusted to life. Like I have no clue, you know, how to be a normal person, how to show up, uh, you know, be a coworker, be a family member, be a friend, like, like you were mentioning, Alana, like, I don't know how. So I need this power to direct me throughout my day, right? Um, and, you know, my, my step 11 practice has changed over time where, you know, in the before it was like, okay, I would just, you know, meditate for like 20 minutes in the morning. And I would honestly throughout my day, like kind of just run my own show and not really, you know, check in with God. But um, I love that analogy about the, you know, the, the basketball court and, you know, throwing the ball to your higher power and saying it's your move. Right. And just constantly surrendering and surrendering over and over again. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful. So, so God bless you. And thanks for a great share. Thanks, Lindsay. Um, Kat, you are up next. 
Hi, everybody. Um, Kat, thank you for this meeting. I want to thank you so much for your share. It was really beautiful and inspiring. I do have a question in regards. Um, I'm new to OA. I've been a part of it since February. Um, and I'm at step two. Um, and I just wanted to know, because I have only was ever a believer when I was very, very, very young. And I stopped very young as well. And I believe that there is a higher power. I just don't know that I always feel that it's a cognizant one um, or that it's listening. So my question is, have you ever had doubts? Um, and if so, how did you get yourself back to connecting with the higher power? Thank you. Hi, great question, Kat. Yes, 100% yes. So I think, like I mentioned uh, when I was talking, I didn't come to program with any spirituality. Uh, so, you know, you hear a lot act as if, and I, I really had to take that on when I first came to program. When I first started practicing prayer, I kind of felt like I was just talking into the void or like I was talking to myself at the beginning. I was, it was really awkward and uncomfortable for me. Uh, then I started thinking of it as like, I'm, I'm adjusting my energy frequencies. And, and so thinking of my higher power in terms of like energies kind of helped me. And so it started, my concept of higher power has really evolved and changed since I came to program. Um, but I started out with like energy that kind of connects me with all living beings. But even, even before that, uh, you know, I came to program and I could see all of these people that are recovered and have the, this, this collective wisdom that's been passed down for like almost a hundred years since the founding of, of AA. So at the very least, I can believe in that. And I've also learned, you know, my concept of a higher power can sometimes be a fragile thing. And I try not to look at it too, too closely sometimes because it's like, as soon as I look at it, it's almost like it turns into smoke. You know, I, it's really for me, a practice of just believing and having faith. And I once heard somebody say too, that doing the steps and working this program, we're building a body of evidence. Um, so as you progress through the steps and as you experience these promises, you start to have more faith and trust because you're experiencing the miracle. So when in doubt, act as if, keep putting one foot in front of the other and ask, ask for willingness um, and, and ask for, for the help to, to believe and have faith. And, uh, and it, it worked for me. I got there. So I hope that helps. Thanks. Okay. Thank you for the question and answer. And Meredith, you're up next. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith, um, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you, Alana. That was really great. Um, it was just great to hear it just laid out again for me because I get so scattered and I'm every morning I'm like, well, what am I doing? I mean, it just has changed. Like you said, you know, um, your higher power has evolved. Mine definitely has, um, since practicing, but, um, I just feel like I needed to hear your experience to, to inspire me to tighten things up, tighten it up. Um, one thing that I've been doing lately, that's really helpful, um, for my nightly review is exchanging them with like four other people. And it's really great to see the variety, um, 
uh, of I, I guess like answers that people write or um, what they write about their experiences, and it's almost like gives me permission to go. Oh yeah, I can elaborate on that thing, and um, feedback is always good. Um, what's something? Oh, I like that you um, reminded me that the prayer is dialoguing and meditation is listening, which apparently I have a problem with lately. I, I went through like a really good solid year of just, you know, meditating every morning. Um, but then I felt like the God piece was missing. And so now I'm doing less meditating and you know, more praying or writing or whatever. So it's just, um, balance is good and getting quiet is good. It's hard for me to battle wanting to be productive or, you know, write a book in the morning before I leave for work. So, um, thank you. That was a great, really excellent share. I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Meredith. And Julie D, you're up. Hi, Julie D, still compulsive overeater. Um, Alana, thank you so much. Um, I've been in the step since January, relapsed at step five, and I'm back in step two. So I haven't been in 11 yet. Um, and I love, gosh, I love these meetings for so many reasons, but um, having kind of a glimpse forward um, from like-minded folks like yourself, um, is phenomenal to kind of mentally prepare. Um, and I guess, um, I think I said thank you already. If I didn't, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was fantastic. Um, I really like, especially like tangible takeaways, but like the visualization of the frequency and the tuning of the radio, totally get that. Um, and, you know, as you were talking about prayer, not having to be like this formal thing, I was thinking about you know, just like fully, seriously, presently standing in the sun being like a moment like that. And then you're like, or, you know, hearing the birds is like, yes, exactly. You know, so it's all really great. Um, and oddly enough, you know, I've been calling myself a spiritual being for um, at least a couple decades and I've never actually looked it up. And I did while we were on the call and it's the spirituality, the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material, material or physical things. And I mean, that's an easy one, right? Like um, I too struggle with higher power, God stuff, you know, that's why I'm here. Um, and, um, but that definition is, yeah, that's not debatable for me for sure. And a spiritual journey is great. My question to you too, um, I too am also super into meditation um, and been trying to like find especially guided meditations that kind of like link in with program. So I would love, 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 like if you're able to share any links on that um, or any, ref you know, any suggestions on yeah different sources. Um, I'm curious what your mantras are. You know, another thing that I've always kind of wanted to get into more than I have, but I definitely understand the power of them. So thanks again. Thanks, Julie. Am I allowed to talk about like different apps here or should I put it in the chat? What's the... Um, 
Am I supposed to answer? <laughs> Amy is Amy. Yes. Okay, great. So yeah, thinking about mantras, I just I googled like different um like spiritual mantras or mantras for um self confidence and self esteem, and so there's a few that I really that I go to every day. Uh, one of them is today I choose faith over fear and peace over perfection because fear and perfection are two of the cornerstones of my disease. <laughs> uh, another one that I just recently added is I have faith that I will receive exactly what I need when I need it. And I don't even know what I need, but my higher <laughs> power does. Um, so those are just a few of them. You know, again, control is such a big thing for me. So like for today, I release control and I surrender to a higher power, just those kinds of things. But if you Google, there's, there's tons. Um, another one is I choose peace and presence over hurry and worry because I just love getting in the hustle and bustle and just putting the blinders on and just go and forget that I even have a higher power. So yeah, the, the, the mantras really help me to just uh, remember what I need to do and remember what's important in my day. I hope that's helpful. Thanks for the question. That was super helpful. I like didn't get to write them all down. So someone got them. Oh, this recorded. I can re-listen. Okay. Back to the meeting. And welcome. So nice to see you. Hi, everybody. I'm Anne um, C, recovered compulsive eater. Um, I feel so thankful to be here. Um, so I have a, a baby girl and um, I was living in the States and, and this meeting was always during um, bedtime, bath time. And so I never got to come, but I just moved to Asia, uh, which has been a tumultuous change. But the um, one of the side blessings is that it's now morning. So she's sleeping and I can come and join you guys. So I feel like I've joined the recording for um, quite a while. Um, and um, I'm really thankful to be live. And thank you, Alana, for your share. Um, and so much uh, wisdom and um, practical suggestions. Um, I really appreciated how you talked about um, staying connected to higher power, kind of spirit to spirit, heart to heart, and then also connected with fellows. Um, I feel like uh, recently, um, <clears throat> like my connection with God is what has really sustained me in this big change and leaving community. Um, there in the States and, and setting up um, over here. Um, but I really need to rein it back in um, with connecting with fellows. And um, that is such an integral part of, of my health and well-being. And um, I just am speaking that aloud um, as a desire. And um, I've done the nightly inventory, like sharing with somebody, but the person I share with doesn't isn't very consistent. So if anyone has the desire to be an inventory buddy, um, my number is listed there um, and I'm on WhatsApp and would love um, to just seek out um, uh, inventory buddy. Um, but I am so thankful that um, higher power is so big um, that you know what works over in America works over here on this side of the world too. And anywhere I go, um, my higher power is, is close and um, just sustaining um, me. And I was so inspired by um, how you were saying that um, your conscious steps that you were taking to connect with higher power consciously, even like was sinking into your unconscious where you were when you were sleeping and then woke up, it was like just the natural reaction and how we can 
change our brains from being so wired to just pick up food, pick up food, pick up food to um, really have a new way of life. And um, that brings so much life and not death. So I'm grateful to be here live with you guys today and hope to make it more in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Anne. Um, we're going to stop the recording now and then spend the rest of the time with unrecorded shares.